Hey everybody, I'm Jimmy Deep. I'm Brad Churchwell. And I'm Farhan Galani. I mean, prior to that, I've never managed a crew, ran a crew, or did any type of construction physically myself. Um, and I got tossed into it. And so it was like sink or swim. And... So we got Elias with us today, yes? Yes, hello, how are you Hi. guys? Elias. Hey, Jimmy. Farhan, Brad. <laughs> how, long, how long have we known each other now? It's been quite some time. 11. Yeah, 11, we, right? we toured your first office space together. That's right. Yeah. You were in a suit, all clean cut. Yeah, every day. What happened? Suit and tie. <laughs> what? Life. Life. <laughs> life happened. What, what, number, what number was Elias uh, for agents coming on? He's real early, I wasn't he? Was I, I that early? You were like 18. I joined within that year after we signed the deal. Yeah, so like, you were like 18, 19? Was yeah, I? Probably. Oh, wow. 2011. Well, you, uh, you showed us that old office space on 11th Avenue. That's right, yeah. And then uh, we got introduced to you from that guy who had your listening. No, no, Basim had, Basim was working with you guys yeah, and then I had the listing. Oh. Yeah. So I was representing. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You had the listing. And then, uh, Paul. That's right. Yeah. And then, uh, we leased that. And then after that. I joined you guys probably within the year. Yeah. That, yeah. Year. Within that year. Whatever we, happened? Just in touch? He still works for, I think, uh, BMO or ATB. BMO, I think. So he's doing their in-house leasing. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He's been the. Yeah, he's been about, there for a while. What about commercial? Why'd you get out of commercial? Uh, it's not that I chose to get out of commercial. I think it was kind of like a, a, a life decision. So at the time I was doing, uh, so I went into real estate 2008. 2006, I got my license. 2008, oh, I kind of made yeah, the transition full time. Um, so 2006. Hey, what'd you do before 2006? Uh, I was just working. Just I, I went to, yeah, I went, <laughs> I went to, skateboarding, bro. I went to post-secondary. I was like, what, 21? Yeah. I was yeah. a skateboarder yeah, for <laughs> quite some time throughout uh, junior high, high school. But, uh, I went to post-secondary. I took electrical engineering technology at state. It was two years. Yeah. I graduated that. Um, and then I started working in the industry. I was planning on going to get my degree, but after working in the industry for a few months, I quickly decided not to. And took a complete, you know, career change. Went into sales. Yeah, I went into sales. Right. Mm. So I got a job over at. Uh, uh, actually, started working at Best Buy. So I just tried to find anything to do, and <coughs> I just started applying everywhere. And I was what 20, 21 at the time. So I got a job at Best Buy. They hired me as a front end manager for all the cashiers. And then within a month, I was just so bored of it. So I decided to see if they could put me in a department. Uh, they ended up putting me in the TV department. And within two years or within two two weeks, I was the number one sales guy in the department. So then I said, "Okay, I need to go somewhere where my uh, you know actions are giving me the return, you know, on investment." Mm. So, so I decided to see if I can get a transfer to Future Shop because at the time they were an they affiliate. were paying commission and Best Buy. Best Buy was, was paying just an hourly wage. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. the difference. That's why you get hounded with. But my checks, shop. my checks said Future Shop on them, so I was like, so this should be an easy transition. So just you know, send me over to Future Shop and I'll do sales there on a commission structure. Uh, they said no, we need you here, and that kind of discouraged me. So I walked into a, a Visions, which was uh, in the area, and. 
you know, asked to speak to a manager. I was wearing my Best Buy uniform at the time, and everyone there wore a tie, so I kind of stood out. Went into the uh, manager's office, and he sat down in his chair, leaned back, and he didn't ask me if I wanted to sit or anything. He just said, what can I do for you? And the first words that came in my mouth was, I want to make some money. And he's like, when do you want to start? Yeah. So that was kind of my interview right there. And then, uh, and he said, uh, I'm like, I can come in on the Saturday, just uh, just got to go quit. So following day, I went and quit Best Buy and then uh, went over to Visions. I was there for about three and a half years. I was in that era where the TV went from the tube TVs to the plasmas and LCDs. So oh, the transition was yeah. good because the margins were there. So, you know, we were selling $10,000 TV packages, right? And, you know, we had margin to play with. $5.99. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's worth If you're lucky, yeah, you can get Does rid of them. Exist? Yeah, I think they do, we, right? We have a plasma TV in our basement. We, yeah, we got a 50-incher in our basement and a weighs Probably weighs, yeah, like 3,000 pounds. Yeah. pounds. Plasma had that burning thing about Right? Like That's, after a while, it was like you had the same image. image. On that yeah, ours is held up pretty good. And the only thing I can notice is when the screen is black, there's like tiny little the yeah. red pixelation yeah. going on. But other than that, it's... But it's heavy, man. Yeah, they I, say, I don't even know how we'll get well, rid of it. Well, between the LCD and the plasma, like the plasma had a better color display. Yeah. And that was kind of why they were around for so long. But then LCD just had that gaming thing and then no burn in and you can leave it on and it doesn't. So they kind of took over. Yeah, I never turned mine off. Yeah, that's it. See, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was uh, three and a half years I was at Visions. Um, and then uh, when the margins cha started changing, I said to myself, okay, well, what's the next best thing I could sell for a fee? And real estate was the answer. So I got in, you know, signed up for my real estate course. I actually got in um, just before they changed the curriculum to, I think is a 10 month, is a 10 month mm -hmm. or 10 week. So yeah, I got in in three and a half weeks, you know, hammered it out three and a half weeks, got a license and <coughs> had no idea what I was doing, you know? Yeah. So that was. Uh, I was on a curriculum that did it in three months. Three months. Three months. What year but did you get? Before that, it was, uh, it was like three weeks. Three and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's I, what I, that's I, what I, I got did. mine in 2006, same thing. Yeah, it was three like and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks. Yeah. Which was, was killer. I was like, what? Your license to sell real estate in three and a half weeks? Yeah. I'm a pro. I'm yeah. a pro. It was eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's okay. That's like anything, right? <laughs> Maybe not for you. Maybe not for <laughs> <laughs> I got a tickle in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, then so then, uh, you, then you went did the I course and then did the course. Were you um, always thinking the, the commercial was what you wanted to do? No, actually it wasn't. So I ended up so at the time my father was building um right. infields, duplexes, stuff like that, inner city. So I kind of grew bless up in that. Soul. Yeah, bless us all. Uh I kind of grew up uh, in that, uh, you know, at the as the home builder, you know, kind of. Did you help? I don't know, family base. I was, when you know, you when I was old enough to pick up a shovel. Yeah. That's that's when I was, you know, on on site doing the landscaping, moving <coughs> gravel around, dirt cleaning like up. Four? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it goes. Thing. You know, like a lot of uh, you. You were born here, right? I was born here. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, you start you start from young. And yeah, I think you like, have to, right? I mean, especially in Vietnamese culture, you like, just get put to work when you can start walking and doing things. You know, 
They call it child labor. But <laughs> yeah. It, and more so and here it's think, legal, but <laughs> especially legal, if it's a it's restaurant, <laughs> you think more so if it's a restaurant, family owned restaurant. Oh yeah. I see, see that all that the time today. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Of course. That, um, I was just at a restaurant in Chinatown and uh, the mom couldn't like, she didn't have babysitter or whatever. So they had, she had two kids there. I think they were like four and seven. They were cleaning the tables and, you know, helping put things away. See, we didn't have a family restaurant, but my first job when I was 14 and then I got in some trouble and then I wasn't allowed to work anymore. So I was <laughs> trained never to work. <laughs> what kind of trouble? Should we ask what kind of trouble you got in? I just mm -hmm. broke a bus shelter. <laughs> and then I had to pay for it myself. I heard this story. Yeah. So then I wasn't allowed to work. Yeah. So you, you were trained young not to work and to get other people to do the work for you. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then, um, wait, you finished your course and then you went to... Yeah, so I signed up. To, you didn't know if you were going to do commercial. No, no. I signed up with Century 21 Bamber. Um right. You know, so I started there. It was six months. I ended up listing a couple places. I was still working at Visions at the time. I didn't want to, you know, quickly dive into it without having some source of income. Uh, so Century 21 listed a few properties, sold a couple, uh, came into contact with an old family friend. He was working in the commercial industry, uh, Cushman and Wakefield to be specific. It was LePage at the time and right. they dropped the LePage. Uh, so I went and interviewed with them, uh, managing director a few times, and then finally got a job. And I started at the bottom. I was in the research department, you know, inputting listings, finding out comparable information, just kind of, you know, understanding how the commercial, you know, industry kind of worked. Um, and then from there, I mentored under a couple of the senior guys, you know, did a little bit of industrial, retail, office, land. So I kind of touched every point, putting together presentation packages for listing agreements, uh, large scale. So, you know, in the thousands of square foot. So it was kind of, it was interesting. And then I got to sit at the table with a lot of these CEOs and CFOs and, and just listen, right. Just kind of absorb a lot of information. And, and I kind of learned a thing or two just about their, you know, character, their poise and just how kind of to deal directly with people and upfront and honestly. So, so what happened uh, for you to move out of that into residential? Uh, it was different. So um, I was there for almost four years. Um, I saw a shift in the market, um, you know, and I just saw a lot of my efforts were going without reward. And so I said to myself, you know what, like, you know, my father at the time was building and he had some projects coming up. And I said, you know, this is a good time to kind of transition to do some building uh, and kind of learn that industry. Um, so when I made the decision to do that, it was, uh, 2011 and I think it was August. Yeah. About August 25th of 2011. Uh, so I made the transition, I left the commercial and then was kind of closing up a few deals when I signed up with you guys. Um, and then wanted to start working, doing the development. <clears throat> but as soon as I did, uh, unfortunately my father was diagnosed with, uh, pancreatic cancer. And so that happened really quickly. I remember that. Yeah, it was, like it was quick. It was five and a half weeks from diagnosis yeah. that he passed. Oh man! And so, so it was tough. I was sitting in a position. You know, I left one industry. I was looking at jumping in here to get you know kind of trained and mentored. You know, by my father and kind of give you know my hands. And so I had to make a decision. It was kind of like you know sink or swim. So, luckily, I had some family around me that was pretty supportive. Um, you know, some of which my father has shown um, how to enter the industry and kind of like 
build. And so, you know, they kind of helped me out in that first project I did. Um, and we were really hands-on. We did a lot of the work, you know, within the project ourselves. So I kind of got to see specifically. I mean, prior to that, I've never managed a crew, ran a crew, or did any type of construction physically myself. Um, and I got tossed into it. And so it was like sink or swim. And I managed to come up pretty good. <laughs> Do you think you would be doing something else if you weren't pushing into that? Uh, I don't know if I was pushed into it. I like, I think I came to a point and I mean, if I was pushed into it, I think my father would have got me into it at a younger age, you know? Yeah. Like what's, um, what was along the same lines? Like what was the, the deciding factor deciding factor that made you say, you know what, I'm going to continue what your dad had started or, or been working on versus, um, continuing on doing what you, you were doing. Selling real I don't know. I still got, you still got some of the sales stuff. Yeah. What was it that? You know, I, I don't know. I think I was just intrigued by seeing something tangible come together, you know, from start to finish. And, you know, then there's like a sense of pride once the, the project completes and you're like, you know, I, I accomplished this and I did this and it's there. And it's going to be kind of a landmark for, you know, my lifetime, that's for sure. Uh, which is, you know, it's interesting to drive around the city and say, you know, I had my hand in that, hand in that. And, um you know, so, but I think like ultimately the decision was personal. I don't think it was anyone trying to push me into development or I don't think it was a money thing either. I think really the, the idea was I saw my father, he was getting older, but you know, little did I know that he was ill, yeah. but I said, you know, I wanted to, to carry on that part of it. And then I would get to spend more time with him, right. you know, right. but that just never happened. Yeah. So... So all, all I have really is, you know, what I produce, what I do is kind of like a, you know, a testament to what he instilled in me and, and get to kind of display that through my work, right? Kind of cool. That's very cool. You put up a bunch of projects. And I, I find um, uh, you run your business a little bit differently, though, right? Like, um, you're very uh, hands-on, you know, like your boots on the ground, your you're there. It's not like a big builder where you're coordinating a lot of things and not there also swinging the hammer. Yeah. So, you know, I, there... I'll be honest. I think, I think, um, like while I can, I guess, you know, being, you know, you know, when I started out young, like I was physically capable. Mm -hmm. And so I really like enjoyed being hands-on and doing things with my hands and, and being able to participate in it. And so that kind of stuck with me, you know, even going forward. And I think that's how the quality <laughs> comes out at the end is when you can kind of regulate, um, bless you. <laughs> When you can, uh, when you can regulate, like, you know, the finished quality, like, so you're there watching the trades, like I've been hands on with all the trades, yeah. you know, watching them work allowed me to kind of educate myself on how things are done and, you know, how I kind of want to see things. So it's given me that ability to see things before it's done. So, so kind of have an understanding of how it's going to come together, what the final product is going to look like before we get there. Right. And so that helps in the initial stages where we don't have a lot of, um, you know, demo after the fact that we've already built something to make the changes because it was supposed to be done a certain way prior to having this finished product, you know, so. Do you find that it doesn't allow you to build more projects or? Uh, you know, there's the thing, a trade -off there, right? there's mm -hmm. a trade-off. Yeah. But I, you know, I think like 
in any business, you really like there's there's different sectors of the business where you know marketing is a big thing, um, and typically marketing is a full time job in itself, right? So in order to drum up a ton of business, you know, unless you're doing a ton of marketing and really have somebody either focusing on that. But my business has really been, you know, relationship based. It's all been word of mouth, you know, projects that I've built that people have watched, um, you know, have kind of said, you know, what, I'd like <laughs> you to be doing our, our work for us. And yeah, I imagine that the customer experience is, you know, much better that way if you're more hands on than, than just, you know, it, like every client becomes uh, family, right? It becomes friendship and family and, and kind of moving forward. And I've done, you know, a lot of the deals I've done, I've done on a handshake, right? So people have entrusted, you, whole, you know. You don't get a whole lot of that anymore nowadays, I find. I mean, no. Especially in our business, it's like, you try to mm -hmm. contract the shit out of everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, we're getting calls, that, like, every little thing, you know. Hey, um, I don't know, like, the seller was going to say they're going to do this. And uh, you try to make a term such so convoluted with a hold back. If they don't do this, you know what? We're gonna make them pay. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even like like change orders. Like, you know, change orders. Like you know, other builders love change orders. You know, because yeah. it comes down to it, and that's their you know their point of you know we can charge more for the changes. It delays right. the project. Everything's kind of forgiven. But uh, for me, it's just about making the the client happy. Right. Right. So. You know, if we're going through a project and things, you know, get jogged here and there, you know, there's some delays that occur, but at the end of the day, it's all about satisfying the client, mm -hmm. you know, and not taking away from, you know, you know, upcharging them this or this for these small changes, but rather having them be like, you know what, that was kind of cool that you were able to go in, you know, take, you know, the changes that we wanted and giving us the product that we really wanted and without it, you know, skewing our budget, you know, by a lot, so... And I think that goes back to the whole personal experience. Right? Yeah, yeah, so. no, for sure. And and it's something to be said about that kind of slow and steady wins the race and looking at things big picture. So not nickel and diming every little change is more likely going to leave you with somebody that will use you again or work with you again or recommend you to people yeah. they know. So Yeah. Well, having an operation that's, uh, that a little, that's a little bit smaller, you're more flexible through market changes, right? Like look at what happened in the last three months. Yeah. You, know, you got big builders who have a big, uh, a big wheel they have to feed. Right? Yeah. They, um, then the only thing that they can do is compete on price to keep that cash flow going. That's right. So you see some of either, either quality is going to drop because they have to make, uh, pricing attractive enough for attractive enough for somebody to purchase their new home build, right? But um, you you, you kind of get stuck in this thing where you are very uh, susceptible to market conditions. Yep. Whereas your business, I see, is continuing uh, to grow and continue. You still got projects going on, you know, yep. during these times, right? And even even for us, like you're building out our new office here. Um, and Exciting. That was just that was just something that you know we didn't have, um, because of the relationship because yep. of you know um, our history. It was just nice and easy. It was an easy decision. Yeah, and it yeah. was it wasn't even really a decision. It was more like yeah. when can so we start? when can Elias get yeah. going on this? The only one that when we don't can, have to pay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I like and that, well, and back that, to the handshake deals. I like those handshake. Yeah. <laughs> 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 See, I pride myself on that too, right? <laughs> <laughs>
that I'm able to survive, right, without getting paid. <laughs> hey, I'll be proud of you too. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of this project. Yeah. <laughs> you have a salon now too? Yeah. So my girlfriend and I, we uh, yeah, decided to branch out and open up a salon. She's the stylist. Uh, so I thought, you know, we'll do something close to home where it's easy commute and flexible hours and, you know, something that'll just kind of, you know, something for fun. So found a little pocket of space. And How does that went get into in. business with uh, your significant it's, other? It's okay. I mean, there's probably... Is your fiance or... No, not oh. quite. Not there yet. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> More like common law partner, which I don't think is any different. So, <laughs> so that's cool. But uh, yeah, so we decided to branch out, open up a salon, uh, Marta Loop, you know, we thought if we're going to do it, let's do it in a community that's, uh, you know, up and coming, you know, a lot of, you know, rental renters, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of foot traffic. Yeah, that's a know, good spot. A good hype, right, in the area. So I was able to manage to find a pocket of space, um, subdivide it, and then build out a space within a couple months. And then, uh, yeah, we opened for business September last year. Nice. Um, you know, things started picking up and then COVID, you know, happened. How's she doing in the COVID scenario? You uh, you know what? It, yeah, we're, we opened up, uh, about two, three weeks ago. I think it is now. Yeah. Um, She's and so, well, I mean, like when you've got clients that are waiting to get their hair done and, you know, over the last two and a half months. <clears throat> you know, are crying, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so she's got full days, you know, she's booked like nine to nine. And it's just really busy. That, that's one profession where I'm always scratching my head. Like that's serious, man. That's a serious amount of work. I mean, you're on your feet all day. Yeah. You're like, you know, you're- Oh, tell me, I, using your I see what she does and, and I give her props. Like actually a lot it's, of work. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is that it's also, she's not only doing the hair, but she's also managing the clients, managing the inventory, managing the space, you know, so, yeah. you know, basically doing everything, right? So it's, yeah, she's got good work ethic. She's a tough so cookie. you can't use one of those vacuum cutters? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen one of those in a salon, yeah. but maybe for home use. <laughs> maybe for... <laughs> I try home what, yeah. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen about uh, with the clientele for that industry uh, coming out of COVID? Because a lot of people get their kind of they mostly. I, I think women is going to obviously continue to go and get because the hair is a little bit more sophisticated to do. But like for guys, I mean, well, there are a lot of guys that like their hair, their hair done home. properly. I'm just far end for one. <laughs> well, I'm going to decide just to start growing it. Oh yeah. As long as I can go. Yeah, before it falls out. <laughs> <laughs> Brad's laughing. Yeah. I, I haven't paid for a haircut since 1995. Yeah. <laughs> jealous. See, you're jealous. Yeah. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> knock on, on knock on wood. Knock on wood. On a different front. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't But uh, I think I think what happened, like with this whole COVID, I think I think society has given a lot more respect to the industry that does their hair right yeah, sure. before that yeah, yeah before that it was very much um you know a service and they thought oh anybody can do it and this you know but pay too they, much yeah i never thought anybody could do it because well they're always about hairdressing or haircutting even like just a simple shave or a blend or something yeah yeah uh, you can't get that shit right man 
Yeah. Yeah. I tried. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. I remember that text at two in the morning. I tried cutting my hair. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I was panicking. Right. It looked like I had mountains. And so so I was the first point of contact. I was like, who can I call? I'm like, Elias, this gal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, what's the name of the shop? Hair Pop. Hair Pop. Yeah. That's right on 33rd or? Uh, so we're located in Martaloop right next to uh, the new Martaloop Brewery and the Pro Skate Shop. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Brewery's so, another industry that's been it's blowing been up in Calgary. Yeah. But that's it seems like a lot of industries have blown up where you can't even buy picnic baskets on Amazon. And yes. any item that you would require is to that, be a stay at home or social distance. But is that clean. like blowing up or did the inventory just get absorbed? Like I, I can never figure out the difference between, you know, you're shopping online and you're like, shit, this thing ran out. But it, did it run out because people just they just never ramped up production and people just bought everything off of the course. shelf? Of course, it absorbed. But when people purchase items of this sort where you can't get them online anymore, they're going to continue to now start purchasing these That's true. online. Yeah, That's the way. That's the way that we accumulated all this yeah. crap that's on the table yeah. for this podcast. Yeah, and it looks like there's a lot of crap here. There's yeah, lot. there is. There's not a lot of crap. Well, look at the sound. Significant look at crap. The sound. <laughs> a, I'd like you to do this at home. Do this at home? I just have to go on Amazon and buy all this crap. <laughs> yeah, but then you need people to talk to, bro. Oh, that's not a problem. <laughs> that, that, that's the easy part, right? That's... Yeah, it's like a Care Bear. Yeah. <laughs> Kermit the Frog. It's one of those teacup Kermit. parties. All right. <laughs> it's, it's like running from seat to seat. Whoa. <laughs> have, have, have you found your traits to want to continue to work in this environment? You know, there was, uh, I think, in the beginning of it, um, a lot of them kind of held back and then everything kind of slowed down. And then the whole quarantine, you know, everyone having to quarantine for 14 days is like when one of their employees, you know, says, well, I have to quarantine. It's like, well, now they feel like, oh, my God, now I have to quarantine. And then you're delayed by two weeks. Right. So it's like. Do you contract someone else? They've already begun the work. Like it just doesn't, you know. See, I would have thought it was gonna. It would have been the opposite, right? I, th- I would have thought that construction would have moved along fairly easily because they're not done in big groups. So, like, for in, like plumbers, for instance, or no. electricians, for instance, you know, like they're they can have that social distancing fairly easily because if they're the only ones that are in the project. Um, but but it's not it's not just that they're in the project doing the work right so um a lot of the trades they're subcontractors right so they run their own business and so like like they're you know like all of us they're the janitor all the way up to the ceo of their own business so they're meeting with clients they're meeting with the suppliers they're meeting you know so you know the interaction is still there with people outside of them physically doing yeah there's lots of points of contact outside of the actual job site slower too there's also the factor yeah. where people would use it as an excuse not that's to work. That's, that's true too, right? So, I mean, that's, I think, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people kind of hate going back to work when everything is lifted. Yeah, it's going to be weird, right? It's going to be weird. I think, I think it's changed like, the entire industry, really. Yeah. You know I think what's everything's... Weird? The way that we're sitting right now, it's a little weird to me. Why? 
I don't know. I feel like I need to move my head too far to look at Elias and to then look. See, at I got an end spot, so I'm pretty good. Like, so can't can't, pretty good. can't we just close it? I just want to know how I look at Brad like. Yeah. yeah no, oh, it's like, like, oh, Brad's here? Oh, Brad's here. That's all right. The guest is on the other end. I got a direct end. view. Yeah, I got a yeah. direct view. Yeah, we're basically... We're just side shows. When he says something, I'm like, see? Good yeah. point. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is our first podcast at the new spot. Um, so it's cool. a little bit different. So I'm the first. You're the first. In the new spot. That's right. Remember You're doing this. the construction upstairs. That's right. And Thanks. And sitting downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of nice that you're down here, and so the banging isn't going. Yeah, it was on. the so only way we could this guarantee that there wouldn't be that's right construction going on during. Yeah, we had that conversation. We're like, oh shit! Right, so we're doing the podcast down here, and Elias is banging away upstairs with his crew. Then he wouldn't be sitting here and and talking like, hey, to you guys. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Sitting here, he ain't doing nothing upstairs. Problem solved. I'm so annoyed at the fact that you pointed out going back and forth, and now every time he even remotely breathes, I'm like, <laughs> you're turning. Now I'm noticing. Don't break your neck to it. Yeah. <laughs> little things you don't notice it until somebody points it out. I was just relaxing before. <laughs> now you're all empty. Yeah, now I'm like, don't worry, man. I, is I'm Brad not about offended. to say something. Is Brad about to say something? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what does Brad have to say about this? What is Brad? <laughs> yeah. That's why I've been fidgeting in my chair. Well, I'd get yelled at if I was fidgeting in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> He's coughed. Did yeah, all big things. sneeze. Everyone yeah. looks away. Oh, like, like they didn't hear a thing. I, yeah. I looked at you, but you were facing the other way, so you didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I held back on the shocked look on my face. <laughs> oh, man. Like their cap. That's at every three seconds. The fidget. You're looking at it? No, no we, we can hear, hear it. it. Oh, can you? I can't hear it. Earlier, he was telling you to motion to stop it, and you're like... Oh. What's oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he, I was just louder. trying to subtly be like, yo, man, that. Oh, I didn't know. see that. Yeah. I see it. There you go. I wasn't even paying attention to Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I left for 10 minutes. Nobody even noticed. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering the breathing. He took the mic with him. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do something about this table, I feel. Right. This is actually awesome. Well, I, I, I think we're about two feet too far. I don't know. From what? Like what From if we each other. what if we created some space a little kumbaya? Hey, <laughs> if we move the middle tables, but would you have to like out, you know then bend it would the mic, be more like tighten it up, be a and wider get range. Yeah, this, oh, I, I, Farhan, the mousetrap joke, you know. Farhan likes his space, man. Like look at him, he's like, <laughs> stretching out. He's like, what do I need beside me? <laughs> you ever hear about the mousetrap joke? No, it's that. So uh, a farmer had a bunch of mice in his barn, right? And uh, he was trying to catch these mice, but these mice were too smart for him. So they would always eat his cheese, and then the trap would never flip. So he came up with this idea where he would make a trap, there's a ramp, okay? And then he'll just put the piece of cheese at the end of the ramp. So every night for five days, the mouse would come out, eat the cheese, and it's gone. And then his wife comes out and says, hey, your mouse trap doesn't work. All you're doing is feeding the mouse. And he's like, no, it's a game of patience. So on the fifth night or sixth night or whatever, he removes the cheese and he puts a blade at the end of the ramp facing upwards. And then his wife is like, how are you going to catch a mouse? There's no cheese here. 
And he says, well, it's simple. I've been feeding the mouse for five days. Tonight, the mouse is going to come up to this ramp. He's going to find that there's no cheese. And he's going to look left and right, left and right, and say, where's the cheese? Where's the cheese? And slice his neck open. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. No, that reminds me of that. You got you to envision that. <laughs> that wasn't, so the left and right yeah. is where he's this, slowly that's what I'm sawing. Like here. Yeah. So you don't start that off with, uh, hey, you guys want to, have you guys heard the mousetrap joke? Yeah. That's like, have you heard the mousetrap horror story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, those, it's like, at what point was that supposed to be funny? Yeah. Like, <laughs> as soon as, he, as soon as the punchline hit, I was like, oh, that's not terrible. And I'm horror about, story. I'm like, oh, I get it. You're basically saying, I'm killing myself right now. <laughs> Looking for cheese. Yeah. Where's the cheese? Where's the cheese? Where's the cheese? Cheese. Yeah. No? I don't know, man. Whatever, man. Whatever. It's a good story. I don't know. Haters. Well. Well, no, no it's one... a good story, but it's something you tell around the campfire to us, like young children. Yeah. <laughs> Just, but, but, but then they scar them for life. Yeah, it's like no, it's like a campfire. Yeah, but then at the end, at the end of it, stories. they're like, "So, what's the moral of the story?" <laughs> the moral of the story: send someone else is... to do, get your cheese. <laughs> if it's too good to be true, it probably is. That's a good moral. Or this story, huh? No wonder stop. It's yeah. also true too. Don't be greedy. No when to stop. No. Yeah, don't be greedy. You should have stopped on day five. Yeah. Your, fr- your, your day free ride four. doesn't last forever. Oh, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot that can come out of that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's a good mousetrap story. Joke. I thought, I I thought, you, meant, joke. I thought you meant no one to stop when you're telling that story. Like before you tell that story, that's when you should stop. <laughs> like his his delivery was creepy at the end though. Well, uh, no, honey. <laughs> this is today when the mouse comes. I've been feeding the mouse for five days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he carried off, and I'm just it's like, like, Where's the punchline? And like, I have to smile on my face, waiting for this joke. I'm I like, was waiting for like, so when, do I, when do I laugh? I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, that's not a joke. I think it's funny we're still talking about it. <laughs> that's the joke. <laughs> served its purpose. Served its purpose. Really, the joke. I won't forget it. That's true. That's right. You never forget that joke. Um, why don't you tell us uh, what's going on upstairs? How things are coming along, Elias? <clears throat> so, upstairs. You demolished it. And now you just left it. There. We've done. <laughs> well, hey, we're talking about there's. there's we we there's stopped all, construction today. There's. A, <laughs> I was being a mouse back and forth. I was like. Was there's only so much you can do without a permit, guys. <laughs> there's only so much you can <laughs> So let's take it back to that. Well, whose fault is that? Well. I'm just... <laughs> when are we supposed to get that permit? Any day now. A few days. Three Any days. day now, yeah. Yeah. Should be, yeah. Like two weeks yeah. Two. Yeah, it should be good. So I think just some, a few final decisions before we... And you basically you guaranteed know. us... Uh, Oh yeah, that's July fifteenth. Just gonna rip it off. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Every day. <laughs> too many walls, man. Why not? It's not too many walls. Is your finish, touch. your your design finish is what's. There's not a whole lot of take. flooring. There's no, not it's not that. <coughs> no, no, but there's a lot of intricate design. Right. So you've got ceiling features. I you've got you. glass. You've got a complete, you know, 
Let's get rid of coffee it. bar. Assuming you can get Let's going get, on it next week, what would be your best guess? Uh, timeline wise, yeah. You know, if if all goes well and smooth with the rest of the demo for the front entry, you know, to frame it up, it could be a day, right? You know, rough ins could be a day or two. You know, drywalling that's going to take you about three days, three your four crew days. Works around the clock, so, hours, right? uh, not twenty four hours. So. So, but we do, we do put in, we do put in long hours and we do work weekends. So, you know, I think, I think ultimately, and a lot of times, you know, the thing people don't realize is that it's not necessary that I control the process too, is the trades have a little bit of control because they time manage themselves. You know, I kind of give them a heads up prior to, you know, when I need them in, um, and then try to work around their schedule to see if I can get them in sooner, uh, than later. Right. And then, right. And then try to, yeah. That's why you have to have the relationship. Relationship's really important. Definitely. Really That's important. That's why we like you. Yeah, there you go. See? <laughs> <laughs> and this is all out of uh, uh, donation? What's funny is that um, over the years, we've had, um, we meet a lot of people, right? We meet a lot of people in our business. Like you meet yep. a lot of people in your business. We do too. A lot of agents in our office. But uh, it's it's hard to say, but we met on a professional basis we did right and yep. then some of those relationships for one reason or another gets really pushed over the top into uh, a personal relationship yeah and i could never seem to figure out what or or there there's never one thing or anything of that sort that you can figure out exactly why that has happened. Yeah. Right. Like why that relationship formed the way it did. Um, well, you can see. Well, I mean, you can tell in general. Like, let's say, like, you know, personality-wise. Yeah. Now we can't get rid of him. If I could figure it out. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> now he's here forever. All right. <laughs> Boy, are you guys unlucky? <laughs> but there's just one of those things where. Um, you know, I, there's probably a handful of people that that have done that that has has that. You know what I mean? Um, it's always interesting to me that if you reflect back on those types of relationships, that how how it grew over a certain amount of time, and um, is it you know same interest? Did you, did I just think it's crazy how that many years have gone by, right? It's so fast. Like, it's so fast. Nine years. Like already? that's what I'm saying. Like it just. I met you through a guy. Yeah. Who didn't want to do the work. That's right. At I, all, and at I all. did the work, yeah. And then just like I was the yes guy. I was the yes man at the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. We would have never been introduced. introduced. Yeah. Yeah, but then I don't know. I, not, <laughs> no, not, but, that's why. Relationships flourish a certain. And you know the thing is, is, I actually pushed him to come, you know, to bring you guys to see the space. Yeah. Right. I was like, just bring them over to the space. He came, like, basically let, say, I don't uh, know if you guys want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I was like, like, "All right, peace, bye." Yeah, and Talk I was like, wife. "I was like, yeah," and I took over. From and we there. never so talked, heard from him again. <laughs> I saw him one time at a restaurant somewhere. I saw him because uh, he showed me and another fellow space at the University of Calgary. Oh uh, yeah, but other than that, yeah, I actually haven't then spoken to him in a while. Selling shawarmas or tacos or something? What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He opened up a little place. What, in... Was it shawarmas? 
Where was it? He became the shawarma prince of Calgary. Is no. This a, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Is this a thing in Where our was industry? It? Yeah, so he opened up in uh, the university, uh, in Mount Royal okay, University. Yeah. But is yeah. this a thing in our Does industry still where... No, they sold it. Everybody's got a side hustle? That's what you got to do. You need seven streams of income to be start creating Jimmy, well. Jimmy, what's your side hustle? A couple. Yeah? Well, Let's hear it. Paper lantern. Paper bars. lantern, yeah. Yeah, that's new. Yeah. Who project who, who who project managed that one for you? <laughs> that was hard. That was tough. I seen the space. Like, I seen the space. Not everyone can project manage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but came in under budget. Just went a little long. Just longer. But then then do your time value of money. But if yeah. it's four months longer, say that's fifteen thousand. Yeah. And if you save thirty five thousand. Yeah, you would have been open a lot sooner. Then you're no, then no, 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 oh, no, no, no. If you're if you if you're willing to spend the thirty five thousand, but you're but you're putting four months a, later. Yeah, but you're just now. What if I told you it was fifteen thousand more, and you would have opened four months sooner? Yeah, fifteen thousand. But you say you're saying that you save fifteen thousand, and it well, took four on months the, on longer. Those numbers, you would save twenty thousand dollars. You know, in comparison to well, it depends on your revenue. Like, Where you I mean, did you, you have never opened? I mean, yeah, you never got to open. And we that <laughs> got lucky though. Yeah, you know, I I feel that like COVID helped you. COVID yeah. helped. Yeah, like we didn't have to open, hire all the staff, have all this inventory, yep. and then have to shut down. Have to shut down. So, yeah. So it's you kind of think how COVID benefited so many. I can't say that so many, others. so many. Others. Yeah, yeah. Like even for us, like when we had to shut the salon down. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily the landlord was, was pretty positive and was understanding. COVID positive? Well, positive no, as positive. to, yeah. Oh, just, you know, that's a bad joke. It's a bad that's, joke. Bad joke. Maybe Offside. Uh, Offside. <laughs> Offside. Was COVID even real? Well, yeah. Who knows? Right. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I'd have to say that we benefited as well. Right. Like, yeah. so we picked up another stylist, um, because of it. Right? right. So other places were, were, you know, charging some of their stylists for the space. Um, you know, and that's when people started looking elsewhere. And, how did you, and so that's kind of, well? uh, we didn't actually. So whatever the landlord gave us as a credit, you know, to pass, you know, we passed it on to the stylist. So we were able to. To you keep everybody is, happy, you right? You know this is live. Your phone's going to start going off. Like, yeah. You fucking liar. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the truth. It's the truth. You know what else? I've got witnesses. Amazon package deliveries. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I have a friend who used to be one of the painters and yeah. he now does delivery for Amazon. Yeah. And he says that uh, he delivers probably 100 packages on a regular a day, mm -hmm. uh, five days a week. And he's probably bringing in about 5K or more a mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. And he has to only deliver to a certain community, right? right so they're all very really, they're all within. Yeah, that's so not bad. That's broker, unreal. The broker scenario. I was going to get a side hustle. Yeah, it's like you can have a bunch of drivers. That could be a side hustle. Maybe you need a license for that. I was going to get a driver's license. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to get the job and then hire some somebody to drive to go do it. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll pay two grand a month. They're like, what? I just have a learner's. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take all the risk. <laughs> well, what's crashed into my fence? That's true. Um, Tell us that story. He forgot to take his car out of parking. He ran into my fence. Elias was there helping me take it down. Yeah. That video is awesome. 
You guys saw the video. Yeah. yeah. When did you see the video? Of the actual, I didn't see the video of him driving into the vents. You haven't no, actually. He didn't drive into the vents. No, no, no. Like if it, the car you yeah, physically. Yeah, the, the security. Yeah. So your security yeah. camera picked it up. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then you see him coming <laughs> up in the car. Yeah. You see him walking up in the car starting to creep away. Behind him. And starting to turn yeah. into the fence. And then you don't hear it. But then all of a sudden you see him like. Holy yeah, crap, and then making a beat. You know, you're lucky that the fence stopped the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Damn, yeah. I like to Dry, stop yeah. It. It's kind of nice. I want the video to do a voiceover. <laughs> it would be the best. <laughs> I would have a voiceover for the fellow walking in and a voiceover for the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be hilarious. What a great day. It's my last delivery. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Don't fuck your delivery. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> poor guy. Feel bad for him though. Yeah, at least it wasn't any damage. You feel bad. You, you went pretty easy on him. Wow. Charging eight thousand dollars. I think he, I think you went pretty easy on him because you could have been a lot more nice difficult. Guy. You could have been a lot more difficult. Jimmy's about a nice that. guy. Is that a lot more yeah, difficult? No, I think it worked out. Yeah, because I would have had like big issues with. Say you were going to do a cash deal. <clears throat> well, no, his if he went through his insurance, there would he have didn't been. Have insurance. No, yeah, what? insurance. No, of course he, he has insurance. He didn't have insurance to be a delivery person. Oh, so he doesn't or have... Else, so that's, else, spec, that's speculation. Or else you we wouldn't can't give say that. something that we, <laughs> you, wouldn't yes, give that, you wouldn't give that amount out then. If it no, goes you anything would. No, you would. Because if you were... It was easy for you just to not get... Because it's like a pretty tiered scenario, right? It's like you don't want to get in, uh, into issues with uh, paperwork. And perhaps a little flag on your. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe he was. Maybe you might not get a so job. You, yeah. Maybe you're still on probation. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't the first fancy maybe, hit. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't the first time. I think liability-wise, I think he just wanted to make sure that uh, he can continue working for Amazon. Well, no, you know? he still had packages there too in his car, so he wanted to finish up his. <laughs> <laughs> was he able to drive that car away? <laughs> you're kidding. Yeah. So it, it did like because the tire looked like it was oh, it wrapped was, around yeah. the fence. Wait, he, <laughs> he could have still yeah. finished up his day even if he went through insurance. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. It arguably would have been faster. He's like, he, up this day, he was with you for like two hours. Yeah, but I wouldn't have. I don't know, man. If I was there, I wouldn't have gone through Would you have gone through insurance? Hey? You're type A. Would you have gone through insurance? Probably not. No? I don't think no, I would have. I don't have. want the headache. Yeah, the, it's a headache. headache. My insurance is going to go Man, up. everything changes. I just yeah. pay it out. Yeah. It, like his deductible. Then like the deductible. record. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The difference yeah, between the deductible. Yeah. yeah. The insurance will go up, say, $13 a month. No, I don't want to no. have a record. No, I don't think. If it's like. You think that's grand, it? 13 bucks? That's yeah. If it's five, I'd go through insurance. You know what? My, my, it depends on what it is, obviously, but probably like anything over. Twenty-five or three thousand, I'd probably say. Go through insurance. I think he was just in a panic, and he didn't want anything to come out of it. So, yeah. he's like, "Did he? Did he suggest the amount he paid you, or did you tell him?" We got a quote for it. <clears throat> oh wow! Yeah, I think the average because there were some guys that it's across the street doing. Oh, that. they quoted it. Yeah, like literally on the spot. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> That's handy. I just feel the average person wouldn't just fork over. That money. Okay, that money that fast. Yeah. Unless there's a fear of something. Yeah, that's it. Mm. 
I don't know if it was more he, him he or not, it was not like, to get back to his job. And I don't know if it was more him or if it was his uh, manager. Maybe he did what you did and had somebody else driving. And he was the other driver so under boss, somebody else's seat. He's like, boss be like, boss be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. Pay the 2000 yeah. that's, that's actually what happened. The boss came out. His manager So he out. does have a boss. And he was the one that wanted to. Was he in the van? Negotiate that. <laughs> was he? And then he was the one that transferred the money to the guy. And the guy transferred. So he hired him as a driver. There you go. So he's subcontracting. Your so sub subcontract driver. Oh, this, oh, this dialogue. <laughs> you know that now, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I said it once, and then he's like, um, "What's that? Yeah. Is that a typo?" <laughs> dialogue. What does this mean? I think that's. I think that's it. I think that's what we got for today. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of thanks course. for coming yeah. and telling yeah. your story, man. Yeah. Unless you got you got a joke, you want to end on a joke, Elias? And make sure Prefer- it's a joke. Preferably, not a horse, preferably right? not. Preferably <laughs> not. That was a perfectly good joke. <laughs> we turned it into a joke. Yeah, joke on you. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, thank you, Elias, for your time. Thank you guys. I think you need to get back to work. Get back to work. Yeah.